So when it comes to sales development, which is getting the first meeting, yes, I don't think startups are really doing enough of this and they're doing it wrong. So meaning they just send, uh, you know, once a month, uh, a campaign of 200 people. And it's a completely automated campaign without any personalization beyond the first name and the company name. And it's not going to work. And it's not going to work even if you send out this campaign to a thousand people or two thousand. It's still not going to work because everyone is getting those same emails every day. So you need to be different. You need to be personalized. And this is the biggest mistakes I see. Mistake I see. first startup in just this specific area of sales however in i think in sales and closing deals so the latter part of the of the funnel um i think that people are are sort of again not creative enough man hello dreamers and action takers welcome to another episode of the want money got money podcast i'm your host sam kamani and This episode is all about sales. Is it challenging for you to send cold emails? Do you find it hard to get your foot in the door? Or do you have a B2B SaaS product startup? Then you need to listen to this episode. In this episode, I interview Stan Rimkevich. Stan is extremely passionate about sales, so much so that he built his startup solving the sales problem for other startups. His startup, orapa.co, helps businesses fill their calendar with sales calls. So if you want to get better at selling and getting users, acquiring users, reaching out, doing cold calling, then you need to listen to this episode. So Stan, welcome to the show. I read a bit about you. You are the sales person or the sales guy. You know, when people want sales, they need to come to you. And I think a lot of founders and entrepreneurs for their startups, I think they can really benefit from learning from you. So I've been looking forward to interviewing you and finding out a bit more about what you do. So why don't you tell our viewers um, what you are doing and whereabouts you are based or your company is based? Yeah, so my name is Stan. I'm the founder of Orapa, which is a paper meeting marketplace for sales reps. And basically the the the, the idea is sales rep book meetings for you and yes. company pay only for qualified sales calls. So you can think of it as an upward for sales talent where you only pay for results. And sort of I'm based in Poland, Warsaw. Uh, we have a couple of team members here, but you know, yes. company based in the US since most of our clients and most of sales reps are based in the US. So it makes just makes more sense to work in that market. And, you know, I've been running a lead generation agency for over two years uh, before I started the marketplace. And I've been helping also US clients um, get more sales calls with outbound and outreach. And yeah. That is fantastic. Look, I work with so many different startups and founders and I often see 
that so many, so many startups, especially the B2B SaaS products where they need sales. Those are the key ones who need, who can afford sales. If you are B2C, of course, the average ticket price is not going to be high enough to afford a salesperson. But for B2B SaaS, and a lot of them struggle with sales and getting their foot in the door. How do you guys solve that problem? It's like, how does it all work? Do you guys charge per lead, per appointment, per phone call? So right now we charge monthly fee. So yes. companies get access to over 160 sales reps um, on the platform that are trained and ready to go. Yeah, And sort of take this fee, because if you think about this, uh, nearly every company, like you mentioned, nearly every company in B2B space, especially B2B SaaS, yes. uh, more revenue, more opportunities, right? Because it's no additional work and it's just growth numbers that they are trying to hit. And on the other side, you have sales reps that, and basically not every sales rep is willing to hustle after hours and work yes. part-time companies. So that's why we need to balance the, the whole marketplace by charging a fee. So everyone that is sort of serious about testing it out, has a chance and not uh, our marketplace is not filled with jobs and we are not una- we are unable to fulfill all of them. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, but that's that's the one side of things. A monthly fee. Uh, on top of this, you pay for qualified meetings. So the cost per meeting is between fifty and two hundred dollars per meeting. Uh, yes. And the idea is you set the qualifying criteria and you set the price. So. You know, it's a range between 50 and 200 bucks. The The rule is the more enterprise, the harder to get the meeting, therefore, the more expensive the, the, yes. the reward, the, the more expensive the meeting should be. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, okay, how, so how do we decide what what's a good meeting? Um, we follow the rule that is, you set the qualifying criteria, and if it's, ma- if it's a meeting, if a meeting gets a match, and if it match, matches the qualifying criteria, uh, you pay for it, right? So, just to give you an example of what qualifying criteria is, look, it's what, what it's all about. It's basically a couple of different things like job title, company size, maybe a number of funding, maybe the number of employees in specific department like marketing. Or maybe it's a buying signal that a company or a startup is right now hiring uh, developers so they can, yes. uh, so for example, other agency can come and, and help. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so do you also provide training to your reps or are they already trained? You just find them in the market. It's just purely a marketplace or is it more than that? So we sort of provide a little bit of training, uh, not as much as I like to. Uh, I'm it's on my list to provide more training in depth because I think, you know, if I am able to help perhaps get more sales calls, uh, so yes. they will earn more money and everyone is happy. Um, so so yeah, but but we do provide some training, uh, but most of our reps already have a basic idea on what sales is all about because. They normally work in sales. Uh, most of our reps work in nine to five sales gigs, uh, yes. and after hours they help out cool companies on the marketplace. Very interesting. 
I have few questions. Is your marketplace been going on for two years now? No. So the, the marketplace has been going for less than three months or sorry, three months now. Three months. Yep. And in three months, you have enrolled 160 reps. Is that right? Yeah. We enrolled yeah. 160 sales reps and I think over 38 or maybe even 40 customers. 38 to 40 customers. Oh, that's very good. And um, how many meetings uh, would you know your guys have found those 40 customers or or so what's the average time, meeting? I mean, I mean, average number of meetings set per client or I don't know how, what's your metrics like? So on average, we seek uh, reps scheduled about 11 meetings per month. Per month. Yeah. Right. Some clients we see one or two in the two months and some of them just book a ton of meetings, right? But the average is 11. Yeah, 11 per client. So yeah, about like 400 meetings a month. Yeah, about. yeah, I say so. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's that high. Yeah, yeah. But it but, makes uh, Yes, because you, you started just three months ago. So it is it would start with lower number and over months as progress, it would add up. As you add clients and as you add reps, yeah. So the the, the eleven meetings uh, average number came from actually uh, amount of uh, companies that get meetings on the platform because you know some companies <laughs> pay for it and don't really in uh, post anything or they just you know waiting or they are in transitioning and they are yes. figuring out how to use the the, the platform. So uh, that's why it's not four hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, marketplaces are really, really hard to start because of the chicken and egg problem. I don't know. You might have come across that, that, you know, first, like companies don't want to come or like buyers don't want to come because there's no sellers and sellers don't want to come because there's no buyers. Um, how did you overcome that? How did you um, get these 40 clients and these 160 reps? What What came first for you? So for, for me first, I'm a sales guy, like you mentioned, and I'm, I'm a big revenue fan yes. in a way that before we even launched the product and before we even build it, yeah. uh, we pre-sold it and we asked customers to pay for the whole year at heavily discounted price. You know, yes. we were up, up, up front with it that this is not a ready product, yes. but that's why we are giving you a hefty discount. And uh, so the customers first, came first, they posted a lot of gigs and then we started to getting more sales groups. But now it's sort of linear, right? It, yeah. it goes in that a is, pace. Yeah, that pace. is excellent. How did you find this niche? Because, you know, there's like, there's thousands of marketplaces every month being born around the world. Most of them don't go anywhere. Um, only few succeed and those who do succeed, they can make it really big. Um, how did you find this niche? Um, so, you know, the, 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 the origin story is that I used to work, I used to have the agency. Yes. Uh, a lead generation agency. And basically every client asked me at some point that if we could, for example, do a paper performance model where yeah. we would only pay for qualified meetings, not the usual retainer model. And it was not a, it was not possible for me because I had to pay a payroll for even for up to five person, right? Yeah. So, 
it was not possible. And also, I, at some point, I was a sales rep, a sales rep yes. that helped other companies uh, just get more sales calls after hours. So the idea came sort of naturally because yeah, that's your niche, that's your industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you ask me how I picked the industry in the beginning, yes, uh, no clue. I just picked whatever I felt that I could do. Just you know, got my sort of first client. I and that's pretty much it. I didn't think about. And there's this saying that you feel you feel passionate about what you're good at. Yes. Yeah. And then if you're good at, you feel more passionate about, if you're more passionate about, you are more, you're, you get better as well. And yep. 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 That's the the story. And now I just, I, I like sales because it's tangible. Um, You can, you can really move things forward. You know, once you have a lot of traction, a lot of great things come to you, right? If it's just investors, if just team members, if more yes. customers are interested in you. So really revenue fixes most of the problems or just um, helps you solve them. Yeah, absolutely. You said it. Revenue helps you solve a lot of your problems <laughs> or it can help you solve um, for most startups. Most of the listeners of this podcast and the content made from this podcast are all tech startup founders, a lot of them early stage founders. What advice do you have on the sales side? What should they do, especially B2B SaaS? They want to get their foot in the door. They're selling to other small to medium sized businesses. What can they do? Do outreach. Do a lot of it. Uh, yeah. Be ultra personalized in your outreach, and be different. Be creative. So, uh, to sum up, give, give me be, give me some examples, like tangible. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting to it. So, to sum up, be different. Do more outreach. Be ultra personalized. And yes. So, to give you a quick example. So try to make your sort of emails ultra short and to the point. Uh, one of the, my best cold emails that it's converting like crazy is basically on one line, one sentence. And this sentence is personalized, right? It's not like a sentence that I could send to everybody. It's a sentence that I could send only to this person. Yes. So you need to do a quick research. Um, my, my rule of thumb is... Don't spend more than five minutes on a prospect when you're doing research, right? Try to do some research, but don't go into this deep research mode when you waste 30 minutes on one prospect that will not respond to you. Because the thing you need to know about outreach is a lot of people will just ignore you because that's just sales, right? It's a numbers yes. game. So you need to send, I know, I know, at least 20, 50, 100 emails to get some feedback on what you if what you're doing is good and try to be ultra short uh what i tend to hear a lot if i write short emails is hey i usually don't respond to emails like this but yours were short and sweet so i decided to um, schedule a call with you and so this is sort of my biggest advice try to be sort of different don't do emails that like everyone is doing don't use templates like everyone is using be different be ultra short uh, and also remember 
that you need to be personalized. You need to talk about not yourself, not your product, but about the prospect and how you will help them. And you also may, you want to use this sort of exercise that uh, if you were to pay for every word in the email, would you send that email or would you delete some words? That is such good advice. That is like the number one advice (laughs) that, yes, think of it as if you have to pay for yeah, look, I get about 12 to 15 cold messages on LinkedIn um, and five, six on Instagram. And I have four different email accounts for different companies, startups, different things I'm doing. And everyone gets multiple emails a day, which are just cold emails selling me something <laughs> or pitching me something. They Because I've got an audience, they want to, people want to reach that audience um, for free and they everyone is continuously pitching me and sometimes it's like a you know two-page email and I'm not going to read that you know I've got like <laughs> um, about eight or nine emails coming in every single hour um, I, I just cannot and same with um, messages like LinkedIn you cannot write a one paragraph like a huge or half a page message on LinkedIn and I just reply back and what is the TLDR, like too long, didn't read version of this. So I just send them back that if if they are, if they can say it in one sentence, what they are after, I might even help them out. But if they're going to give me like a half a page, oh, no one has that time. Yeah. So uh, there is, so one Y Combinator, it's a famous startup accelerator. Actually, they, they, they sort of um, try to learn you to think and sort of uh, talk in a way different way that we are taught at school. Uh, this is the concept that I have not uh, sort of invented myself and I, I didn't see the part pattern in the beginning, but there is a yes. guy, it's a fame, it's a XYC partner, Gary, Gary Tan. And yes. In one of his YouTube videos, he he told he told basically everyone that you need to think, um, so you need to talk in a different way that you were taught at school. So in a school, you get you get the 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 beginning, the the middle part, and the ending. Not sure if that's that's a correct correct wording, but you, you get the idea. Yes, and you should start every response sort of with a ending in the beginning. So you get to the bottom line in the first few seconds of your message or of your pitch or whatever that you are doing. And then you add proof on top of this to uh, make people believe. But you need to catch the attention and get to the bottom line as soon as possible. So they can either be interested or not. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, What you are after in sales and pitching is the answer. If it's a no... That's still a good news, right? Yes. Yeah, that is the other thing I have learned in sales is to get to the no really fast because you don't want to waste your time on something that's not going to lead anywhere. You rather waste time with someone else who would be needing your product. So you, I ask for an audible no, you know, if uh, that I want to make sure that it's not for them so that I can move on. <laughs> There's closure. It's like, yeah. And sometimes when people are given that choice, then they do take it. 
when you do ask for no, you might even get and end up getting a yes. Yeah. Yeah. So But that comes to sort of the 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 sort of being confident and not yes. being sort of really dependent on one deal. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's I think it's bad for business if you're just really dependent on this on one specific deal. Yeah. Uh, all that things in business in life can go south, but yes, you need to always be prepared to have more pipeline, more opportunities, and you do it by yeah. being proactive, right? Setting some sort of a routine in sales. So I I'm not doing a cold emailing that much just, just right yeah. now because we have a lot of inbound opportunities coming our way, but. Yes. In the first, in the beginnings, I basically put in the calendar a block of one hour to send uh, emails. Every day, I had to send, I think, thirty emails. It's not a lot, yeah. but it's you know you have a cup, a cup, if you have about two minutes for the send to send one yes. email. You send out thirty of them. It's It will yeah. transform your sales in the long long run. Absolutely, and it does not have to be. I would say emails. It could be a personal LinkedIn message, just one line LinkedIn message, one one personal DM tweet, or personal Instagram direct message to someone. So it could be anything, and I completely agree with that. What is, in your view? one mistake that you see a lot of startups making when it comes to sales so when it comes to sales development which is getting the first meeting yes i don't think startups are really doing enough of this and they are doing it wrong so meaning they just send uh, you know once a month uh, a campaign of 200 people And it's a completely automated campaign without any personalization beyond the first name and the company name. And it's not going to work. And it's not going to work even if you send out this campaign to a thousand people or two thousand. It's still not going to work yeah. because everyone is getting those same emails every day. So you need to be different. You need to be personalized. And this is the biggest mistakes I see. Mistake I see. Uh, first startup in just this specific area of sales. Yeah. However, in I think in sales and closing deals, so the latter part of the of the funnel, um, I think that people are are sort of again not creative enough, man. So what I so I did this promo when once I started the, this this sort of marketplace I did this promo that for the first week I'm getting uh, everyone is getting at 50% off yeah and everyone was so sort of, yeah yeah sure no worries I will I will sign up by the end of this week however by the end of this week I I think I sent about nine or 10 follow-ups to people yeah so And uh, this was in, in a span of a couple of days. So I created this sort of hype for, for people to, to give them a reason to sign up. So you and mean nine or 10 follow-ups per client, per person? Yeah. Yes, but that's, that's, uh, that's, up, that's in the later stages of the deal, right? I had the first conversation with them. They said that they are interested. And those are not typical follow-ups, right? It's not 
was that like, hey, um, just touching base, uh, just wanted to remind you that uh, I am here if you need me, right? That's a bad follow-up. So I tried to be creative. So one of the things that actually I did is I took uh, beer bottles, right? I'm a big fan of non-alcoholic beer. And so so I picked two beer bottles and on one beer, I wrote my name and on the second beer, I wrote my prospect's name. Yes. And I post, I, the, I, I, I positioned the beers in front of my computer and on my computer, it was uh, my landing page open. And I just sent them an email with this photo. Yeah. That was just one, one a very cool follow-up that actually one of these follow-ups uh, got to, uh, to Twitter, right? And um, this person actually did not sign up on the deadline however they signed up a couple of weeks ago because they they remembered me on being creative and being way different than everyone is doing everyone is sending emails just touching base just following up uh don't do it be different and also in the emails because you can do creative emails like this one just beer bottles of cool photo or you can leave with value right so you can just leave with value and saying Hey, I just wanted to let you know uh, that this is a great article for you. Or uh, I recorded a quick video for you on how to do better sales. Or just something that you can teach them, learn there. Anything that will help you stand out in the long run, uh, it will be a big bonus for for you, for your sales, for your startup and for your company. Oh, I love that beer bottle example. Um, And I have seen someone else um do something like that and i did reach i did reply to them <laughs> despite me getting lots of um sales emails and i did you know so and i do remember them even now after 6 months um some uh, like a uh, agency in melbourne in australia um did something similar but like unique personalized with my website open on the thing and then he um took like a selfie with my name on a cup or something like that that come this is your coffee come and have a coffee with me and so I, I did that and I, I remember that person now because he did something so personalized so unique and just sent me that picture with one line of that you know come and have a coffee with me because he first sent two emails and I ignored and I was like ah I get so many of these you know <laughs> um, but then it was like this do you have any other examples of cool yeah, stuff yeah, you have yeah. done I, like that I'd love to know I was just about to mention that I have even better examples so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of a young person, uh, I think. I don't have a lot of network in tech, especially, right, because I live in Poland. So there is, there is some tech community here, but it's yes. not something that I really uh, tend to hover to, right? Yes. So I just wanted to expand my network. And so I decided to reach to cool CEOs from Europe yes. and just to get them in my network. Yes. So... I recorded about 20 videos to 20 different people. And the video was about one minute short. It was um, me basically uh, telling the prospect that I want to send them a book for free. Yes. Because I want to build them, build a friendship with them. And what is the better way to build a relationship than to leave the value? So my value for you is this book. And 
Let me know how, where can I send it? It's free. It's completely no strings attached. I just want to, uh, for you to remember my name. And a lot of, and so, a couple of folks actually replied to me and said, sure, send it this way. And I'm with great contact and one of the, 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 the people that I sent this book. And, you know, how did you contact them? Did you just um, email them, tweet them? Uh, what, what did you do? Yeah. It was an email with a video recorded okay. on service like Loom or Drift yeah. Video or yeah. any other. Yeah. And it was basically me holding my phone and having a book right here uh, near my face with a note, with a sticky note uh, with their name. So they, it's, it's, it's a different thing that they're getting, right? Again, in their inbox. And the whole email content was, hey, name, I recorded this quick video for you. That's yeah. it. And then was the video. So they are in, intrigued who is sending them some emails. What's the video? Why they're holding, holding this book? What, why this, this is their name, right? So it's, I recorded this, this video. Send them to them. Um, I think I even sent a couple of follow-ups. And yeah. th- that's pretty much it, right? And then I just uh, ordered a book from uh, from a bookstore to, yeah. to their home. That's it. That's very, very neat idea. Yeah. Um, and how, it's did not get, how did you get their email address? Or did you call contact their company? How, how did you get that? I mean, there is there is a lot of service providers that just gives you their email address. Uh, yeah. So you can get the email address. Uh, you can just pick whatever that data provider to feel like it's okay. Yeah. Uh, you can ask someone to get your their, their email. So there are a ton of ways to do it. I don't think that's the actual problem. Uh, I think people tend to over-exaggerate the problem if they cannot find the email, right? If you cannot find the email then just don't send them an email, send them the LinkedIn message or just don't, don't contact them. Right. Yeah. That's, that's my advice. There are a ton of people that will probably be interested in your service if you send them an email. So if some one person, you can find their email, just, just move on. Right. Like I mentioned, it's, oh, it's yeah, a number. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is a numbers game. Exactly. You said it. What's next for um, Orapa? I saw that you guys, registered with pioneer is it pioneer the the accelerator yeah, yeah. so we uh, the pioneer is instead of an online remote accelerator yes. uh, and it it's, it's first it's a tournament but once you get you're selected by the expert you are into the pioneer winners so uh, we got selected we sort of won the pioneer right yes. we, uh, so we got selected and uh, there are a ton of just great like-minded people uh, in a similar stages that we are at. So it's just an awesome way to expand networks. And I'm pretty sure and pretty confident that those contacts that I just got from Pioneer will help me in life in a tremendous way. Oh, absolutely. I can agree. Um, is your um, company... Um, and I mean, registered in Poland or is it like a Delaware C Corp or, I mean, are your clients yeah. also? Yeah. yeah. So it's a, uh, once you are get, once you are selected uh, by a pioneer, uh, you basically get, um, you, 
they give you this deal where they set up the company for you, give the credits uh, um, to all the tools that you may need, like Google Cloud. AWS and all that. Yeah, yeah. Google Cloud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of other services. Um, and also you get the demo day. So we are set up via Stripe Atlas in, in, in yeah. Delaware. Yeah, yeah. That is, I think that is the requirement, the number one requirement for most <laughs> accelerators, most investors, anyone in the US that, yeah, you are, because they understand Delaware C, um, they won't touch anywhere other company other than, apart from that. So what's next uh, for for Orapa? Like, so your, your vision I, for the next few years for it? Um. So my vision for it is to really help as much startups get more sales calls and as much sales reps just get more opportunities for them, right? I would love to um, help accelerate careers of sales reps because I was one. And uh, right, if you are, and my biggest problem was that I could not sort of find a good gig because my resume was not strong. Right, but I know knew how to do sales and how to get meetings, but no one really gave me a chance in that sense. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to start my own company and not care about this. It turned out to be great, uh, but uh, I think there is a big problem with in the market because you know, yeah, it's not the, it's not the, the the that I am just discovering this problem that resume is sort of. Um, a bad tool to use to sort of evaluate the person. Yeah. Uh, but I think I want to tackle this problem, especially in sales, right? Because if you think about this, um, sales is extremely expensive if, if it does not work, right? If you hire a bad person, you pay them six months salary, uh, yes. training, onboarding, technology, it yeah. gets extremely expensive and you are just waiting for them to hit their quota, but they are not hitting. So you're behind your revenue goals. and You're in a bad position. Yeah. How do you know if a salesperson is a good salesperson or not? You, uh, you don't. You give them a test, right? And this yeah. test is in real life. If they are able to, you know, work. Yeah. Uh, and the, So if they are able to show that there is the potential, if you know if you're able to just train them a bit, yeah, then perfect fit. But if you don't see it in the first couple of months, or sorry, if the first first couple of um, touch points with that salesperson, um, I'm not saying they they're 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 horrible salesperson, but they may just require a way more training and yes. development than a person that. He already booked you a meeting and you're just hiring them because they, they already know how to do a job before even hiring them. Yeah. Um, what is the number one book that anyone interested in sales should read? Oh, that's a great question. Um, uh, so I don't think I remember the title correctly. Uh, I think it's The Art of Sales or the mastery of sales. I think it's art of sales. Yeah. The, like green, green cover. I think I, I have a, with a green cover edition. Yeah. So I yeah, think the art the, of selling, is it? The, the yeah, master yeah. of, yeah. yeah. Um, the, how to master of, the art of selling Tom Hopkins. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great book on sales in general. I think there are, there are a ton of tactics there, and I think you should not really uh, you should should not really think about the tactics in sales. You just need yes. more training, and you just need more hours put into this. Right? <laughs> yes. Uh, if you if you ask me about how to get better at sales, you just you just need to sell more, and that's it. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> The Van Gogh used, used to say that one becomes a painter by painting. And yes. I think you become a salesperson by, by selling. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep. That's all my paintings <laughs> in the background. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So exactly. I mean, that's the only way. It's like, how do you get better at social media? You do more, you post more because then you learn what people respond to and what people are not responding to. So if you go out and try and sell, if people are not responding, you change something, you know, you pivot your, you pivot your methods, you change your methods and try something that works. You um, yeah. learn how to listen and all that. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, I, 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 I started doing this more, which is I started reaching out to people that are already in a place that I want to be in in a few months' time or in a year's yes. time or in a couple of years' time and just ask them for specific advice. Uh, because if you ask them for help, uh, just general help, uh, it's hard to them for them to you know evaluate quickly if they are able to help or if they have the time. But if you ask them an ultra-specific question, and you can uh, frame it in a very concise way. Uh, people tend to help out, especially, you know, if you're asking founder to founder, let's say. Yeah. What's the best advice that you have got um, when you've been asking around in the recent time, in the re- last few months? That's a great question. I don't think I can pick the best one, uh, but... Yeah, I think the best one for me is focus on one thing at a time and be extremely good at it. Yeah, that is amazing. Because, yeah, if you because if you focus enough in, a, in in for example a whole year on one project, uh, it will be way better if you try to juggle seven or even oh, ten. Yes. So, for me, it was. I will just focus on sales and that's what I'm going to do and work out, I think pretty well. Um, Now I'm trying to, trying to um, still be good at sales because I know what is my strength and I try to don't focus on my weaknesses. Uh, I try to find people in that area. Very, very cool. Thank you so much for that. Um, if you had, final question, if you had unlimited time, resources, and money, what would you build or what would you work on? This. <laughs> Easy. That's great, man. This. Yeah. This. yeah, that's that's great to hear. Do you have an ask? Are you looking for anything? Um, investors, team members, anything? Co-founder, anything you're looking for? So um, I think a lot of reach, investors reach out to, to me and in the beginning, uh, sorry, yeah. in weeks, uh, since we have a crazy traction because, yes. and since we launched, we basically got to 
from zero to 40k in rrr in less than three months yeah uh so i've been so a lot of investors reach out to me so if sort of anyone is interested in um sort of maybe potentially exploring i would love to just chat with them uh because we may start fundraising in in a few i don't know if it if because sort of right now we're profitable and we're growing really fast but i'm pretty sure that we will need capital to uh accelerate the growth yeah yep that is um interesting so say if you did have capital say if you did have like i don't know 500000 or something what would you do what would be the first thing you would do how would you accelerate it so i would focus more on the product yeah um i would try to build uh additional features in terms of uh the data that we gather right because yeah. we gather uh emails that are sent and also you know open rates and stuff like this and then we could basically know exactly what industry uh responds best to what type of emails and you know it will be basically um so valuable data uh to just to help other companies get uh results way faster So I think that would be the the case because this is this is this is just nice to have. I know this will be valuable, but we don't have the resources to pursue this uh you know yeah at some point sure. It's a perfect 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 idea but right now like I mentioned I'm just focusing on one thing at a time. Absolutely not- you have to yeah. 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 And, you know, I'm I'm saying this that I'm focusing on one thing at a time because I was guilty of this. I was guilty of jumping and I'm still uh catching myself uh about thinking about hey this is not going to work. I will think I need to pivot. Yeah. Yeah. And thing is uh I think sometimes you need to pivot but sometimes you just have to push it through and see what yeah. data. Yeah. Very very true. Um Uh, uh, my second book it is a lot about pivoting on how to pivot and all that and one thing that i have been trying to study for the last 2 years that you know there is a lot of value in persistence and keep going um and there is a lot of value in pivot but then so when should you pivot and when should you persist so that is one of the thing that i have been and my next book i want to write on that topic and do more research on that and of course i'll spend a year on that but it is it is very interesting because you know all entrepreneurs i know you are a real true entrepreneur at heart because you get so many ideas and you want to do a lot of things in limited amount of time and that's how that is the true mark of an entrepreneur because they that's how they think and then if you can really focus and put all your energy on one thing and if you are getting traction then persist but if you are getting no traction after like you know you got to um, 40k arr really really fast if after say 2 years if you are still on you know 5 or 2k arr then i would say that oh maybe it's time to pivot but you guys are on the right track so you guys should keep going yeah i think so it's not like you should pivot or not pivot um i think you should really test this do put in the 100% to validate the idea yes. and when i say to validate the idea i say 
try to sell it before you build it. Yeah. No, this is not possible in every case. Yes. But I think it's way more possible that, um, than people think it is. It is. It is. And then the other thing to do is, um, I mean, of course, you can always do demos of, you know, clickable prototypes and things. And the other thing is, if you cannot sell it, build a community around it before you <laughs> um, build it. That is the other thing I've seen, because in some cases you could just build like a Facebook group or a Slack or a Discord or some sort of a group where people interested in that thing. So it's all the founders interested in increasing their sales. This is where they gather. And now you have a tool for them because you had the community first. So you, the day you launch, you, um, you can scale really fast. So, so that is the thing that I have learned on what successful founders are doing differently. So, awesome. so yeah. That's, I think that's about it. I will put all the links to your company, to your social profiles, LinkedIn, everything underneath, wherever this goes out, whether it's Instagram or LinkedIn or um, Spotify, yeah. Apple Podcasts, everywhere. It, um, so thank you so much, Stan, for your time. And look, wish you all the best. I think you guys are on the right track and look forward to really good things from you guys. It was so nice to chat with you. Likewise. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.